Hello. We have 72 subscribers on YouTube. Well, how about that? Oh, somebody just left a comment on the sermon on YouTube. Well, okay then. So you have to check that out. (laughs) It wasn't me. Hope it's nothing bad because you're here. Well, bad comments are still comments, right? So it's true. At least somebody's any, any paying publicity attention. is good publicity. And I'm right? sure that I said some offensive things. I don't know that you did this week. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes, it's, sometimes I go back and review the game films, and I'm like, "Wow, did you really say that out loud?" I do that most days. But, How are you? We kind of just jumped into things today because I have a meeting to get to, but I'm here and I'm present. And I'm focused. As I, yeah, as you I, are. As I ever am. As I ever am. How's your back doing? Horribly. I'm it's, getting old uh, is what it's it, letting it is, you know. It is hard to be in your early 30s. Okay. Mid. Almost mid. Almost, almost mid, mid 30s, which is usually in considered a, early. In a few but. months, it'll be mid. Nobody in your family knows how old I am. Like the children. They all think okay, that I'm much younger than I am. But they're children. They don't even know how old they are. Like they, Maisie, they think 15 sh- is super. I think Maisie old. thought I was like 22, and Luke the other day thought I was 28. Well, Maisie's or 18, like so she really can't think that, or you'd have been in school with her, you know. So, anyway, so <clears throat> I'm old. Luke, yeah, and Luke is a 14 year old boy, so he's not gonna get it, you know, he doesn't think the same way, but. I, I just am trying to think back to what I would have. Either that or they think Gabriel's really old. Well, yeah, they thought Gabe and I were the same age. And I said, well, either you think I'm really young or you think Gabe's really old. I'm going to vote that they think Gabe is really old. <laughs> yeah, probably. You need to start acting like it. I'm just kidding. We have a very interesting relationship. Yes, Gabriel yes, you do. Yes, so, do. but we get it. We understand each other. We have a mutual As long as you get it, nobody else really needs to. That's exactly right. right. So that's a. That's a thing. That's a right? thing. That's one of the reasons that it's probably not best for people to come. We to, look, to we look practice. like, we look like foes, but we are friends. You know, when when you look at uh, when you look <laughs> at the cookie dough before you you finish mixing it up and before you bake it, it just is not the same as the cookie. It's not the tastes good. Everything. You don't like cookie dough? No, I don't like things that are unfinished. It's it's gross. I don't like. I, I have never I met like, a human being who I don't doesn't like, like pie raw crust cookie when dough. it's not baked either. I don't well, that's like different pie than when cookie it's not dough. Baked. I don't eat pizza who? before you bake it either. Those that's are gross. those are in two separate categories. No, who they're does not. not they're unfinished. No, 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 no. <laughs> who does not like raw chocolate chip cookie dough? This guy. That's the most un-American. All, that's the most un-American. And thing all I've truly ever sanctified met. individuals. False. So. <laughs> False. You're telling me. That you've never had a bad day and you've just gone to town on like a tube of Pillsbury. Well, <laughs> I will point out that I happen to not be uh, in the Gilmore Girls demographic. Listen, Let's just leave it at that. So. I am shook it. <laughs> I, this news. I have at no point in my life been a 15 year old female either. So none of these things. But you've been a teenage me. boy. Yeah. George, yesterday I was making cookies. He goes, George is not a teenage he, boy. No, but he's a boy and he's a human being, which means, oh, there's raw cookie dough sitting here on the counter. Can I have a lick? George, yes, of course you can, my George child. George is four. We don't judge wisdom by four-year-olds. Yes, of course you can have some raw cookie dough, my child. And enjoy is... your botulism. <laughs> Nobody said botulism for 75 years. Nobody said COVID right. either, but that was okay. All right. Stop. Let's do this. Is why we, we wasted can't. 20 minutes last week. Lots of people have had COVID. Lots of people. I'm going to sip my water now. Do you think as many to people reset. have had botulism? <laughs> botulism. It's not 1912. <clears throat> okay. Maybe raw cookie dough is the cause of COVID. 
since nobody seems there to agree worse, on things anyway. There are anyway. worse ways to go. Okay, so, wow. Then you're going to live forever. So. My goodness. Fame. I am going to live forever hey. because I know the one who is the resurrection and the life. Therefore, I feel invulnerable. In myself, I am weak. So you should eat all but the food you know that you want because you know, shouldn't have to fear salmonella. Yes, but why would I want to do that? This is a horrible it's thing. it's delicious. That's like the definition of purgatory. It's delicious. <laughs> I want comments. I want lots of comments aye, aye, aye. on this video about how wrong he is. The texture is bad. False. The, the flavor is tolerable, but it's just gross. Brownie batter? Even worse. Okay, I'm done. Let's talk about this. The best thing about brownie batter ice cream is there's no actual brownie batter in it. It's, so it's false advertising. Of course it is. Everything is false advertising. Except cookie dough. We're fighting. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> Yeah. I am so upset. So upset. I need some cookie dough. So angry your back hurts. I need some so. cookie dough to make me feel better. <laughs> My, well, guess what you're getting just, for Christmas. Just so you know. Your Christmas my, gift is going to be too My daughter, shaped. who seems to be, you know, sharing an emotional soul with you, That's would true. agree with you completely. She, as I said before. As she would have her pumpkin person. spice latte and want to go pick apples with you and Courtney. So. I'm down. And afterward, we'll eat chubs of raw cookie dough. <clears throat> who is also, by the way, older than Gabe. And has a similar relationship, now that I think of it. It's <laughs> the age gap. Probably a little less snarky than your relationship with Gabe, but she doesn't have to play music with him either. He so. hasn't told her to jump off a bridge. Oh, I'm sure he has. <laughs> I'm very sure of that. He, Gabe tells himself that. Well, I mean, it's, it's just regular. At least, at least so. it's everybody. What are we talking about today? <laughs> Ironically, we're talking about friends and foes. <laughs> what are we right Sometimes now? Sometimes <laughs> it's the same thing. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure that we're talking about the fact that the Bible in nowhere, anywhere in the Bible, ever, is eating raw cookie dough commended. I'm just going to point that I out. I can find a verse, I'm sure. <laughs> Make it fit mine. <laughs> well, that would be as logical as some of the things it's you'll true. find on YouTube and Facebook promoting so-called oh, Christian Oh my things. goodness. Speaking so, of TikTok before. There's a didn't mention TikTok, but it's in there. Oh, it's in the same I really realm, thought you said so. TikTok. Now it's just my now my No, because I'm too old. What did you TikTok. say? I Facebook and YouTube. Oh, it was in that. Because yeah. I'm old. Um there's there's a there was a worship band and this guy was kind of making fun of them as he should. And they were saying uh It's so not a true worship band, but a correct. band. Correct. And I'm gonna forget word. who sings it, but that song's the song that goes Oh, how he loves us. Mm -hmm. John that? Michael McMullen wrote it. Crowder did the best yeah, version of it. It's the Crowder version I'm thinking of. But this band started saying how she loves us and then how they love us. And I had an aneurysm. So I feel like I just ate raw cookie dough. <laughs> I'm about to vomit. Anyway, that's what's out there. So, yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes friends pose as foes and foes pose as friends sometimes we have foes pose sometimes we have have those who um who are with us and loyal and true and we can count on them and they tell us to jump off a bridge and you <laughs> exactly. know we have that kind of relationship um and and proverbs talks about the the wounds of a friend or faithful you know these, these are important things for us to recognize but there are many today who pretend to be friends of the church, friends of God, um, pretend to be the church, and they're not. And this is 
one of the offensive things I think I talked about on Sunday is that when, <clears throat> when you stand against the things that the Lord stands for, when you um, choose to redefine or reconfigure the, the nature and qualities of God based on your own feelings, based on your wokeness or whatever else, what, whatever it is in whatever era or whatever culture you're coming from, when you redefine God, in your terms, instead of in the way he reveals himself in scripture, you're not a Christian. Right. You're not. And if you, so we're just going to jump right into the controversy from, from this stuff. We go from the, the no, silly controversies. No, the cookie dough is the most that controversial was, was the thing. silly controversies. But the reality is, if you claim or if you proclaim uh, certain things as truth that are contrary to God's word, and this is your platform. You're not a Christian. If you are embracing sin, you're not a Christian. If you are calling evil good and good evil, okay, there's there is within these broad statements that I'm making, there are uh, places for error. Mm. And just to kind of make it a, a more earthy analogy to connect it, you know, it. Uh, a teenager who um, loses control of themselves because teen teenagers do that. Toddlers do that. Um, all of us as humans can do that. And in the moment, thinks, feels, or even says that they hate their parents. Right. They don't. It's a temporary insanity that they go through. That's not the same thing. When a, 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 when a child um, goes through periods of, of doubting, uh, what their parents taught them. It's not the same as rejecting it. Okay, so we go through these struggles. All of us sin. All of us at various points in our life embrace error. That That's true. And we have to have those things recalibrated. But when we see it and God gives us the standard and we say, no, I'm not interested, then we're serving our feelings and not God. And you can't do both. I can serve God or I can serve my feelings. I cannot do both. And if I am going to say, yes, I, I'm identifying according to my feelings, I am going to see right and wrong according to my feelings or the culture around me, then, and I defy anyone to, to, to see anything else in scripture, by definition, you are not following the Lord. Right. You're not. When God says, I'm going this way, you need to come with me this way. And my wicked heart says, yes, but no, I'm going to go my own way. That is an unrepentant heart that is driven by the flesh and not by the mind. It is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, nor can it do so. It requires the Holy Spirit to change that heart. And so if we're going to throw out the scriptures, if we're going to decide we get to do whatever we want to do, then stop claiming to be Christian. Uh, and again, just <clears throat> if you email, it's something real at uh, reallifeonline.com, <laughs> dot org, dot org, not dot com. Don't make those mistakes. Sometimes that can get real dicey. But uh, as you, did I get there? Something real at reallifeonline.org. Correct. There is no such thing contrary to the books and articles that you'll see, as a gay Christian. Now, hear me. When I say this... Let's take a quick turn. When I say this, 
I'm using the term gay as it has been used in the LGBTQ acronym and throughout so many uh, iterations of, of these discussions as one who identifies and embraces this lifestyle. That is not the same as someone who struggles with same-sex attraction. That is not the point at all. We all struggle with various temptations. The temptations we struggle with do not define us. However, when I choose to identify, and my primary identity is as anything other than how Christ has defined me, then I'm completely missing the boat. And if I'm trying to say I can live in this world of sin and all homosexual expression, all homosexual activity is sin. Same-sex attraction is a temptation. That's a different thing. Temptation is not sin. And you can follow this through on, on any part of it. If I feel like I'm a woman in, in, inside this body, that is a temptation. That is a struggle to deal with. When I embrace this and say, you know what, I'm going to cast aside the way God made me, and I'm going to choose to embrace my feelings rather than God, I can't do both. Mm -hmm. I can't. And the Bible is very clear about that. In fact, it goes through 39 books of the Old Testament, pointing out very explicitly, this is what happens when you follow your feelings, when you follow the world around you, rather than following the express direction of the Lord. The New Testament offers the solution to this. Because of our sin, we're separated from God. And in Christ, we have hope. In Christ, we have new birth. He is the propitiation for our sins. He has paid for our sinful, rebellious nature. And he has put us in a position where if we simply receive that gift by faith, God takes that, but he doesn't just take away the guilt of it. He takes away the desire for it, not the temptation. We still live in a world where we battle the world, the flesh, and the devil, and, and, and that's going to be an ongoing thing until we are removed from this sinful world. But he gives us a new heart that is inclined toward God that says, I feel a thousand different things, but the one thing I desire is to please the Lord. That's what I want most. So again, a lot of times as a, as a Christian, I end up feeling worse, at least at mm -hmm. the beginning, and, and often throughout my relationship with the Lord, because now I'm aware of my shortcomings. Before, right. I didn't care. Right. <clears throat> I, I, I'm obviously... Nobody likes the consequences of sin. We don't like things that when I chase my feelings and it goes down a bad road, you know, right. I, I, you know, marry somebody who's not good for me, or I, I engage in, in uh, destructive uh, behaviors and, and I reap the whirlwind. Nobody likes that. So we often will repent of the consequences. I, you know, when I go to prison, stealing seems really bad, but in the moment, stealing seems really good. And right. so I, you know, when I chase my feelings, it's, easy for anybody in the flesh, any unrepentant, unregenerate person to say, gosh, I, I really want to rethink that. I made really bad investment choices and now I'm broke, you know, all, all of these kinds of things. That doesn't change the nature of my heart. Right. When the Holy Spirit takes out my heart of stone and puts in a heart of flesh, this is the change. So now in Christ, I'm a new creature. I cannot say I identify as a child of God because of what Christ did, and at the same time say, yeah, but I'm going to throw away what God requires 
uh, and the there are so many arguments that people throw at this, and I, and I didn't mean for this to be the dominant theme of the podcast, but it really is a big part of, of what we're talking about here in uh, in Numbers chapter ten. So now it's probably like two minutes before we're done. I don't know how long we went off on all the rest of this stuff, <clears throat> but the uh, now that we're finally actually talking about the text, we're looking at this. The sermon was titled "Friends and Foes," and we're talking about uh, kind of a, another strange passage. There are a number of places in numbers where we get these kind of odd turns. And we mm-hmm. saw that uh, particularly back in, in Numbers chapter 5. But here we're going through, we're, we get to the end of the preparation, and we're finally getting ready to, to launch out into uh, the journey to the promised land, right? They get delivered from Egypt. They spend a year receiving the law at the foot of Mount Sinai, and, and uh, God prepares them. Uh, he instructs them. He, he gives them a uh, everything they need to know about how to live life for him. He goes through the effort to to uh, organize them, to, to order every aspect of their lives around him. Uh, he affirms for them the covenant promises that he's made. And now they're actually setting out. And, and as they begin to, to take off, we get this little blurb in here, this little conversation where Moses speaks to Hobab, some translations uh, make it sound more like uh, that's his father-in-law, another name for, mm. for Ruel or, or Jethro. It sounds pretty clear uh, in most of the contemporary translations um, <clears throat> that the, the right understanding appears to be that this is his brother-in-law. It's the son of Ruel, his, his father-in-law. Anyhow, uh, this this conversation takes place and Moses is like, Hey, come, come with us. You know, you've been with us this whole time. Uh, and, and, you know, if we go back to uh, the book of Exodus, Moses is uh, struggling with trying to, he's making all the decisions for everybody. They're coming to him. His father-in-law comes and says, you're, you're not doing this right. Let me teach you how to delegate. He sets this up for him and, and he finds wisdom from someone outside of the community because uh, Moses married a woman uh, who was outside of, of Israel. Now, whether whether they're believers believers or not, uh, or God fearers as the New Testament might refer to them, uh, that's a, a discussion for another time. <clears throat> but they're outside of the covenant people of Israel. So anyway, now we get to this place. They're about to leave. Presumably, his father-in-law has died or gone back to the to the land that they came from. And he says, "Hope I've come with us." Uh, you know the area. You can be our eyes. <clears throat> uh, I believe it's J. Vernon McGee. Uh, it's one of the commentaries I was reading who, who believes that this is Moses' sin, that he's uh, lacking faith in God to guide them. And I don't know that I agree with that, uh, but there seems to be uh, a diversity of opinion as to the motivation. Why is he doing this? Why does he say what he says here? Uh, and, and I don't know that that's the point, or God would have made it clear, Right. right? Because the main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. And so as we look at it, the the clear point here is that he is asking him to come along. Right. And it seems implicit uh, through the silence and the mentioning of, of this group of people uh, in the book of Judges that he does acquiesce and come along. But we don't hear anything more from him in the story. So <clears throat> clearly he's not um, telling them where to camp. Right. He may be serving as as scout eyes within it, but they're following the cloud as God is leading them. So Hobab wasn't necessary. Did he serve a purpose? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Moses was using this 
uh, as an emotional plea. Hey, we really need you. Come along. Mm. I don't know. But what I do know is he invites him to come along. So then the next thing they go, they're, they're traveling for three days. And in these three days, the ark is going out uh, in front of them. And as the, the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God's presence and the, <clears throat> excuse me, more than the symbol of his presence, it's the symbol of his covenant presence. I think we can't really look at anything in the Torah uh, or anything in, in the book of Numbers specifically without seeing covenant behind it. This, this is God's uh, covenant people. He's made these promises uh, to, to Abraham and the patriarchs. He's um, given the law in this Mosaic co covenant. And we'll see him continue his covenant promises as we go forward through through David to the Messiah. And God is specifically saying, I will be among my people. I'm going to dwell in the midst of my people. And everything in their lives hinges on him. And so if, uh, if there's anything that we need to see in this, you just put a big poster in the background that says covenant. Mm -hmm. And that's the backdrop of everything that we're dealing with. So... They go out, and as they go forward, um, every time they go out there, and this is kind of speaking to what they're, we haven't seen the narrative of this yet. It's telling us what's happening, but the narrative will, will take place as we go forward. Uh, every time they go out, Moses prays, may God arise and his enemies be scattered. And when uh, they return, or when they camp and settle when the cloud stops he prays return return O lord to the many thousands of of israel so this is a, again covenant talk as he's saying go out and do what you're going to do you go out and, and be god and and those who oppose god may they be scattered may they be turned away may they flee in in humiliation uh and then when you return it's not that he left god's people right. but come settle with us as we settle with you so this picture now of the friends of Israel and the enemies of Israel is, is a pretty clear contrast. And that is kind of the, the clue to, okay, what's the, what's the main point of this section? What, what are we trying to see? What are we trying to get at? And one of the things that, that becomes abundantly clear is that when God's people heed his call, uh, those who join them are blessed. And so the, the promise that Moses makes to Hobab is if you come with us, God's going to do good things. Right. We're his covenant people. He's made these promises. God keeps his promises. And as God keeps his promises, we're going to do good to you. You will be blessed by being with us. And that's a principle that we see. Those who come, come alongside God's people, where God's people are present and in faithful obedience, they're, they're living according to God's word. God blesses them and the people who are with them also are blessed. And that's kind of the kicker, I think, today is because I feel like, as we were talking about earlier, there are so many modern churches today and modern Christians, quote unquote, that are getting things totally wrong right. and bringing people along with them. And I think that's a big reason why Christians get such a bad rep, because there are so many people who are just messing everything Man, you bring up such a good point, and, and, and maybe I should have brought this out in the sermon, but we haven't gotten there yet, so, you know. Hopefully we'll Stay see tuned. it. But you, but, but you bring up such a good point here. Interestingly with Hobab, we don't see him come up again. Right. But we do know that this generation is not going to enter the promised land. Right. Right. True. Because they're going to, you know, they're going to come into their own stupidity and they're going right. to. So if they're not coming into the promised land, right, the, now God withholds his blessing. He mm -hmm. still blesses them in so many mm -hmm. ways, but he, you know, instead of going to the promised land in a matter of weeks or months or however long it takes to travel this, 
they wander the desert for 40 years, the wilderness for 40 years, until all of them of that generation, except for Caleb and Joshua, have died. So then it'd be safe to assume that includes Hobab. Right. <laughs> so Hobab comes along with them, right? presumably, to receive the blessing that he would ordinarily get from being with God's people and receives this blessing and that he gets to eat the manna and, and right. all these things uh, as God watches out for him. But ostensibly, he dies in the desert as well. Right. So when God's people are not living as God called them to live and God withholds his hand of blessing, then in a sense, God's people are holding back God's blessing mm. from these mm. others right. that they've invited right. along. So as you said, when we invite people to, hey, come be a part of our church, come, let me tell you about Jesus. But we tell them about a false Jesus. When we say, hey, you can be gay and a Christian. Hey, you can be a Christian, and, and, but cuss a little. You can you know, be a Christian, but don't worry about that drinking problem. It's really not that big of a deal. Adultery, fornication, you know, living together before you're married, all of these different things. That's fine. It's fine. It's good. God no loves rules. you. There are no rules. Sure, uh, <clears throat> there, and so what we are doing is harming people. Right. Right. We are not bringing them into God's blessing but they're coming alongside us while we are walking outside God's blessing. So for people who have joined us, for the friends of the church, for the friends of God's people, to be blessed in, that, in this proximal uh, ancillary type blessing, so they're they're like church adjacent, right? They're they're right. not they're not in the covenant, but they're next to the covenant. And so as we're standing together, and you're getting rained on, I'm getting rained on too. Or uh, you know, if you're sitting next to the pool, you when the kids are playing, you might not be in the water, but you're going to get wet. So rather than getting that blessing, now the curses that come on God's people, the discipline, which is for God's people, also spills onto those who are with them. And on top of that. How are they ever going to come into the covenant if we give them a false picture of what that covenant right. is? So to to if I'm telling people, hey, coming alongside Israel, that's good enough. You don't need to convert. You just come along. Then you have no part of God. They get the, the temporal blessings, mm -hmm. but they don't get the eternal blessings. Right. If they renounce their past and join Israel and go through the process of, of being a proselyte and, and become uh, adopted Israelites, if you were, then they receive the full covenant blessing, even in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, as Christ followers, if we're inviting someone to Christ, but we're leading them to a false Christ, we're doing them harm, not good. That is the opposite of loving. And so, uh, you know, the other picture, we talk about the friends, the other picture is this uh, idea as they're journeying and they go out, Moses is, is praying as God will demonstrate for them that uh, God arises and his enemies are scattered. So right. those who stand against Israel, um, against God's people, are enemies of God because they're standing not just against the people. It's not the individual, I don't get along with this person kind of thing. It's standing against the covenants. It's standing for what God's people stand for. So when you stand against the church, you are making yourself an enemy of God. That right. doesn't mean we just tolerate bad behavior in the church. You don't get a pass. You know, so many televangelists and, and folks over the years of touch not the Lord's anointed, you know, don't criticize anything that I do. I represent God. Therefore, in speaking on behalf of God, I can do whatever I want. And we see people abuse power that way. Those people do not represent God. They're not. And churches that promote that kind of thing are not true churches. And we need to recognize that. 
But when we don't stand with those who stand with God, then we find ourselves his enemies. And that's a bad place to be. Word. We will stop there for today because I feel like if we get into another subject, we'll end up being cut off. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening and comment your thoughts on cookie dough and email something real at reallifeonline.org with all your complaints about how rich offended you. <laughs> you can also get a hold of us uh, at 269-756-RLCC or using the Anchor app if you would like to leave a voicemail or you can leave a message on Facebook or YouTube. Or also feel there. free to send any botulism stories you have. <laughs> Don't send me your personal botulism stories. Is botulism fatal? Nobody's going to be sending these stories. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what a woman is. So. Oh, goodness okay, gracious. Okay, now we're going to really go. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.